share a thought with you today, guys, out of Psalm 19. Yeah, let's get our numbers up. Uh, so if you'd like to turn there, that would be great. Um, we'll be there in just a minute. So last week we started this thought of dwelling. And if you weren't here, it's okay. Uh, we've been, my personal devotion has been going through Psalms. And so I'm reading a Psalm a day. And through this whole COVID process, beginning in uh, March 22nd was our first Sunday that we couldn't get together like this. Because uh, we were online and just really started sharing what God was working in my own heart. And every week it's just been a progression of what God, I feel like, is encouraging me with, and I've tried to pass that on to you as well. So today's no different. Uh, we're going to spend five weeks talking about dwelling. So it just makes sense, right? If you're going to talk about it, you might as well spend some time there. And that's what we're doing. So last week we looked at this, uh, Psalm 91, in just a minute. Uh, Miss Stephanie's going to read through those 16 verses. Um, but we said we're going to take every letter of the word dwell and focus on in one thought what it means to dwell. So last week was a letter D, and do you remember what it was? You were here? All right, daily reside in God's presence. So D-W-E-L-L, today will be W, but D was daily reside in God's presence. So to be a resident means that I live there, right? You don't go to my house. I don't go to your, as far as I don't crawl in your bed and sleep at night. You don't crawl in mine. I don't, my key won't unlock your door. You know, these things that we talked through last week. That's where you live. That's where you're known. That's where you're comfortable. That's where you, you're safe. And it's not temporary, right? If you say today I'm going home, you know exactly where you're going. You're going to drive a certain road. You're going to turn on a certain street. You're going to pull on a certain drive and walk in like you own the place because you do. You're home. So to daily reside in God is to say, or God's presence is to say that he is my home. He's where I wake up. He's where I live. He's who I live with throughout my day. He's where I return at the end of my day. Like he is my, he's my home. He's my house. He's my dwelling. He is where I reside. So the letter W here is going to be dealing with waiting. And so with that, I'm not going to tell you what W stands for just yet. Right? We're going to have to wait for it. So let's go to Psalm 91. Dave, if you wouldn't mind to read here for us these 16 verses. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. For he will command the angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent. You will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. 
When he calls to me, I will answer him, and I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him, and I will honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. All right, good. Thank you. So we've waited long enough. Let's talk about the devil, right? I know you're about to pass out because you were so anxious. But waiting here, we're going to talk about is waiting in, all right, or waiting on, rather. Last week was dwelling, and so a dwelling is something you do in. Waiting is something that you wait on. And so we're going to wait on the Lord to satisfy us. So daily reside in God's presence. Wait on the Lord to satisfy us. That's what verse 16 says, right? God says, I will show him my salvation. With long life, I will satisfy him. So you've been designed, I've been designed to be satisfied in God. To be able to be satisfied in God means I have to dwell. So here's the thing. Remember the we said let's memorize verse 1. You remember what how it starts? At least in the NIV version. It's the person, so it is whoever. Doesn't matter who it is. Doesn't matter where you've come from, doesn't matter what your past is, doesn't matter if you've doesn't matter. Whoever Right? Whoever what? Whoever dwells. Whoever dwells in the shelter, or yeah, dwells in the shelter will rest in the shadow. And so we said if you could learn those two phrases, you've got verse one memorized. Dwell in the shelter, rest in the shadow. If you dwell in the shelter of the most high, you will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Whoever. So if you're going to rest, what do you have to do? You've got to dwell. And so that's what we're talking about. I want God's rest. I want to be able to live today. Walk out of here and know God's got this. Whatever today brings. And it's bringing lots of things that we can't hardly handle right now. Right? And there's not a person hardly in here that I can look at that doesn't have something going on in your family that's heavy. So for us to get rest, to be able to abide in God's shadow, to get peace of my mind and my soul, what God says you got to do is you got to learn how to dwell. If you don't dwell, you'll never rest. So daily reside. I'm a resident in God's presence, but this is the hard part. I've got to wait. So last week was about permanence. That's where I live. Boom, he's my home. Today is about patience. So we could say it this way. Wait patiently on the Lord to satisfy us. Anybody struggle to wait patiently? Yeah. So most of us are in that group. But it's important. If you want to rest in the shadow, we've got to find a way to wait patiently. So I'm going to talk through a few things here as it relates to waiting. And we're going to just say, I'll go ahead and tell you, we're going to wait to wonder. We're going to wait to worship. And then we're going to wait to witness. Now, by waiting, I'm not saying, whoa, 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 let's hold up and not do anything. By waiting, it means that I am kind of sitting at God's feet. That's kind of figurative. Well, it's absolutely figurative. What's that mean to sit at God's feet? It means that I am seeking Him. I'm reading His Word. I'm praying. I'm trying to live my life under the direction of God. So I'm following what it is that He has laid out for me, His creation. I was reading this morning Psalm 100. Psalm 100 says, I am His. Why? Because He made me. There are things around here, Mr. Gale, that have your name on it. Maybe not so much as your autograph, but it has your name on it because you did what? Because you made it. You built it. Right? Is that one of them? 
So everybody here knows the cross that's lit up points us to Christ, but it was made by Mr. Dale Tiller and nobody else, right? And so in a sense, it's your handiwork. It belongs to you. That's who we are. We've been made by God, therefore I am his handiwork. I belong to him. And when I live in that sweet spot, when I wait patiently for God, then I begin to see some rest come into my life. And so what's it mean? What's it mean to wait to wonder? Waiting to wonder is about that wonder, W-O-N-D-E-R. You could use the word awe, A-W-E. To wait or waiting to wonder means I'm going to sit and I'm going to stay until I am captivated, captured by the greatness of God. Right, we sang a song today, a couple of them. What's the first song we sang? Do you remember? The chorus of it says, How great is our God. The second song we sang was, How great thou art. Right? When you and I sing that, is there something that bubbles up out of you like I just... I've got to sing because he is great. Or is it just lyrics on a waltz? Or is it just melodies or rhythms on an instrument? Waiting means I need to sit and I need to stay until I get to the place where I am captivated. I'm in awe of the Most High. Where I'm in awe of the Lord Almighty. What's it mean that he's the Most High? If he's the okay, if he's the most high, what's that mean? Nothing can get above him. Nothing is greater than him. Nothing has more draw or attraction, power or authority than him. He's the most high. And I am dwelling in his shelter. So if he's the most high, that should give me some rest, right? Because nothing can conquer him, nothing can overcome him. So he's the most high. He's also the almighty, which means there's nothing that God can't do that he wants. got the ability to get it done. And everything God sets out to do, you know what? It gets done. Can the same be said of you and I? How many of you got a real short list at home of things you want to get done around your house? Yeah. We got pages, right? It seems like you fix one thing and then you notice two more things that need some attention. And so I start working on those while something else breaks. That's great, right? That's how we love life to happen, but that's how it happens. Waiting, waiting on the Lord to satisfy means, means I have to stay and I've got to sit. And we're going to talk about how long we've got to stay in just a minute. But it's stay until I'm in awe of who God is. You know, sometimes we read God's word and we just go right by it. The Lord is great. He's good. He's the Lord Almighty. He's the most high. I sit under his benefits. I live under his blessing. I'm thankful for his provision. He's made me. I belong to him. I'm a sheep of his pasture. On and on we could go. And it's like we know things, but the idea of waiting is that it captures your heart. It's where you wake up and where you live, where I live, where I wake up in awe of who he is. And so just take time to consider who he is to you, all right? So we want to take time to consider who he is, and then we want to take some time to consider who he is to you. We said last week that he's my shelter. 
Psalms are full of this, right? He's my hiding place. He's my refuge. He's my fortress. He's my rampart. He's my shield. All of that stuff speaks to what? Right? It's, a, it's protection, but all of that speaks to, remember last week we talked about the castle. And in the middle is the sweet spot. In the middle is where we want to be. But all around that is this security. And if you're going to get to that middle, you've got to go through all sorts of things that God has put in place right, to battle against to get to what's in the center. What he's saying is, I'm protecting you. I've got you. So don't just think about who he is, but think about who he is to you and what it means to live waiting to sit and still yet be in awe. Now, how important is it to have correct information? I mean, that's important, right? I mean, I want my kids to be taught when that light turns red, you stop. A lot of people around here skip that class. So you got to pause for five seconds to let that truck and the next truck and then the third car go through before you can hopefully get through the intersection. I want people teaching what's true. I want to know what's true, and I want to teach it myself. And I don't want to have any part in things that aren't true. I don't have time for that. We need to set our minds on truth. But lots of people know things that are true about God. Lots of people could say to you what I just said. The Bible says the Lord is the most high. The Bible says that he's almighty. The Bible says that he made everything and everything belongs to him. Yet they're not in awe of him because they're not waiting in him in relationship. And that's where it's totally different. It's not about getting just the right information. I don't want to just know information about my wife I want to know my wife. That's personal. I want to know who she is. I want to know how she thinks of me. I want to let her love of me be a fire and a passion that kind of fuels me. And it's the same way with God. I want to know Him and not just have right information. It's relational. And so we work, rather we wait, to wonder. That's only part of it. I'm going to wait to wonder, but then I'm going to wait to worship. Well, Psalm 98 says that we are to burst into jubilant song. Did anybody do that this morning? What's it mean to you if something's going to burst? Okay, it's it's going to get messy, right? It's just it's it's not some small little altercation. It's going to be noticeable. So think of it this way: Have you ever been taking a drink, sitting around with your family? And somebody says something or does something that's funny. You know what you can't do if that strikes you as funny? If I was a betting man, I'd bet you a hundred bucks. There's one thing you can't do in that moment. You can't swallow. Your mouth's full, and if you try to swallow, the only thing that's going to happen is projectile. How many times have you had to do that? Have you seen family members? They take a drink and just... That's what it means to burst. The only thing that could happen is just, it's got to come out of me. What the psalmist says is, that's what it looks like. When I wait on the Lord to be in awe of Him, you know what comes next? Worship. It's the bursting forth of how my heart and my mind is being renewed, being filled. Fill my cup, Lord, and if you fill it, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to burst forth and worship. And it's going to be everywhere. And you're going to see it. And you're going to, oh, man, look at Corey. He's just worshiping. He's so foolish. 
because he's so full. That's how I want to be. And that's how I've been praying and asking God to, to fill me, just to take me deeper, to know you better, to root out the sin in me, the temptation, the wickedness in me, and put something in me that's more of you. And that's not more of me. And so the point in waiting here is wait till your heart bursts. Wait till your mind is so full that you just can't hardly think. I've got to express it in some way. So wait to wonder. Wait to worship. And then let's wait to witness. Verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord. And again, we don't know this person's name. We don't know exactly what their situation is. But this, what's verse 10? Verse 10. Verse 1. Whoever dwells in the shelter will rest where? In the shadow. Dwell in the shelter, rest in the shadow. Whoever does that, then you'll be able to say along with me. Right? This is kind of like him proclaiming. This is what I'm telling you. I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my God in whom I trust. Now, this isn't just factual. Remember we said earlier it's important to have correct information. This isn't just information. This writer, this author has had some kind of personal experience, and he's like, i got to tell you about it. It's a good fish story. And my dad will call me on occasion and say, hey, guess what? Let me tell you a story. Because when we got a good fish story, what do we do? you got to tell somebody. I mean, it's just bursting. It's ready to come out. i got to let you know my fairy tale. I've got to expound on the truth a little bit, right? What's that expression? I never let a, a truth get in the way of a good story. Is that how it goes? Yeah. You've never told stories like that. None of you have. But I, I probably have. Um, no, I know I have. But that's not what's going on with this author. He's not trying to stretch the truth. He's gathered with some people here, and he's just sitting down to pen something. And what he's saying is this. This has been my experience. Let me tell you, right, this is what was read for us this morning. Let me tell you how good God's been to me. Let me tell you the benefits of walking with the master. Right? Let me tell you what it's been like to wait on him and for him to fill my cup, so much so that I just burst out in worship. You can call me crazy or weird. That's okay. This is just who he's designed me to be. I'm his, he's mine, and this is the way I'm supposed to live. I don't know this guy's backstory, but I just assume that it's a good one. But here's what he would say. He would say, friend, there was a time in my life where I had to run for cover. You ever been there? There was a time, and maybe not physically speaking, but maybe just emotionally broken, financially broken. I just worried. I had to run for cover. I had to find some shelter. I needed some assistance because I was in danger. He would say, friend, there was a time when my life was in turmoil where I was overwhelmed. There was a time in my life where I needed to be sheltered. And so I ran to a shelter. And in that shelter, I just waited. And I had to stay there. It's the only thing I could do. Right? The storm was coming. The danger was coming. I was overwhelmed. Outside of the shelter, I was a wreck. Frustrated. Angry. Just short with people. Selfish, rude, just stressed. I've been that person living under life when it happens. 
So the psalmist would say, hey, friend, I, I just ran for cover. I ran for the Lord's shelter, and all I'm telling you is that's where I found rest. My troubled mind found peace. My anxious heart found relief. The things that were creating cloudy, muddy vision in my life, I started to find clarity to make some good decisions, and I found some rest for my soul. See, this all happened as the result of him running for cover, taking cover in the shelter of the Almighty. I think he would say it this way. Everything changed for me when I started to dwell. You know, all of us have a story that could start that way. We were living along some path, walking some way, thinking some way, but then everything changed for me when? Maybe it's not spiritually speaking. Maybe it's about your marriage. Maybe it's about your finances. Maybe it's about a job. Maybe it's about getting clarity about why you're on this planet. Maybe it's about a change of heart or change of mind. The psalmist said, everything changed in my life when I began to dwell. When I began to understand that I'm a resident of God and I waited on Him. What's He doing? I mean, for the sake of today, we put it in pretty W words. But all he's doing is sharing his story. He's witnessing. He's just one beggar telling another beggar where he found bread. That's exactly what he's doing. And so he says, you know what? I will say of the Lord, he's my shelter. He's my refuge. He's my fortress. He's my God in whom I trust. All he's sharing is this has been my experience. And let's think of it this way for a minute. Let's say that a massive thunderstorm was coming. We had a few not far from us last night. And let's say that this storm is bringing massive hail, like the size of a tennis ball. And we're all standing in the parking lot. Storm comes, hail starts falling. How many of you are out there like this? Something in your pocket, out there with your phone. What are you doing? You're running for cover. You're looking for shelter. Something outside of your control has just come into your life is trying to wreck you, and you can't change it. You can shake your fist at it. You can yell at it. You can be belligerent and just say, I'm standing out here, and I'm not going to move, and it's not going to harm me. You can be that way. We would say you're a fool. We'd try to pick you up and drag you in against your will because it's better for you, and it's better for me to what? To seek shelter. And so we'd come in here, and we'd sit. And then we'd listen to those tennis ball-sized hail pound this roof, and they would pound it. And it would echo throughout this building. But as it kept coming and nothing was coming through the ceiling, you know what we'd start to get? A little peace of mind. It's scary out there. Out of my control, I can't change it. But when I came in here under the shelter, now I found some rest. See, this thing has been built to not only be a place of gathering and worship, it's also a place where people can gather for protection. It's a place to get out from under the things that are seeking to destroy or wreck our lives. So I think what we would probably say is, thank you for this building, God. My car may be a wreck, but I got my life. You spared me. You took care of me. You took care of my friends. Thank you. That's where this psalmist is. 
He waited on the Lord, and his heart is renewed in awe. He waited on the Lord, and he bursts in worship, and he waits on the Lord here, and he's just telling his story. He's just witnessing. He's my God, right? He doesn't say, hey, listen, when troubles come, he'll be your God. He said, dwell in the shelter to rest in the shadow, but I got to tell you, whether you do it or not, I've done it, and he's my fortress and my refuge. He's my God in whom I trust. You've got to make a decision about your life. Makes me think of Joshua. You remember Joshua at the end of that book? Joshua's telling the people, like, this is how you should live. Lots of things out there you could pursue, and there's lots of things in this world that will try to satisfy you. I'm just telling you that everything you pursue outside of God is going to leave you empty. So as for me and my house, what? We're going to serve the Lord. He's my satisfier. He's my joy. And we read it this morning. Like the woman at the well, I was seeking for something to satisfy. Right? Then I heard the Lord, I'm paraphrasing, speaking. And the idea was, come to me. So the chorus says, fill my cup. He's essentially saying, you're the only one that can satisfy. He's my God, is what the psalmist says. And I'll just go along with him and echo that. He's my God as well. Now you go through seasons in life, and I've been sharing with you here the last three or four months have been rich for me personally, spiritually speaking. God's refreshed me. He's renewed me. There's excitement about every day. I feel like my roots are going deeper. My heart is longing for things that can only be satisfied by Him. And there's just a sweetness and a richness my walk and that has absolutely nothing to do with me and I know that he's the filler of my cup right if I could fill my own cup I wouldn't live here so I know how that's worked for me you know Psalm 1 3 talks about being a well kind of like a tree that's planted by waters that old song that says like a tree that's planted by the waters what I shall not be moved Trying to think like a tree. You know, in the springtime, trees start putting on leaves, blooms, but they also start growing. And if you've ever watched a tree, like we've got a tree in our front yard, you can tell the new growth because the stem's a different color. And so last year's branch at that point is brown, but from that point to the next three or four feet, it's kind of a reddish brown. And you can just see the growth in it, right? It's You can see it. You know, if you're going to watch a tree grow, you know what you have to do? You've got to be patient. You've got to wait. There's no other way to do it. Now, here recently, we were at my mom and dad's house for the 4th of July, and mom and dad have kind of like their favorite patio out in their side yard under a canopy of trees. And it's kind of a good place just to go sit and think or to read or to sleep, swing, you know, whatever. Stretch your stories a little bit. Connect with your family or friends. It's just a, it's a, it's a good place. But the other day I was sitting there, and while I was sitting there, I was looking around and just kind of taking note of the serenity. But then I looked up, and my mind was caught in this pine tree. And so I just stood there and looked at this thing. My dad was sitting right here, and he says, what are you looking at? I said, look how big that tree is. It's probably the biggest pine tree I've ever seen. I don't know, over 50 feet would be my guess. 
It's a mess. I'm just sitting there like amazed at this thing. And here's why. In first or second grade, I brought that tree home in a eight-ounce styrofoam coffee cup. But it wasn't that big. How we didn't mow it or destroy it playing ball is just, it has to be a miracle. And now that thing is just, it's huge. I mean, you'd walk up to that and go, whoa, you're right, that is a big plant. So I'm just sitting there thinking about how that tree has grown and how it's developed over time. I mean, that's, I don't even know how old, 35 years old maybe, somewhere in there, 40. Can't be 40 years old. That makes me older than I should be. But the thing with the tree is it's not just tall. It's wide. I mean, it spreads a massive canopy. So I did a little search on this. Earth and Sky have a website. kind of just talks about different things pertaining to the earth and the sky. And here's what they say about trees. I didn't know this until I read this. Maybe you've known this for a long time. Just from the moment a tree begins its life, it knows which end is up. I knew that. Trees will generally attempt to grow toward the light and away from the gravitational pull. But as a tree casts or but as a tree gets older, its branches tend to grow more outwards than upwards. Did you know that? The trees tend to reach their maximum height, and they are growing out some, but once they hit maximum height, they start spreading their branches wide as they get older as they get more mature. Here's why. They say that's so the tree can cast a wider net to catch more of the light of the sun. For that tree to continue growing, what does it need to do? It needs to catch more and more of the sun. And it's the same way with you and I, spiritually speaking. For me to grow spiritually, I need to catch more and more of his sun. I need his light shining in my life. I need his word pointing me in the right direction. I need my heart to be renewed in just passion and wonder at who he is. And how he set things up and what his goal is and ultimately where I get to be. The same is true for us. We need more and more of the sun. So I told you I was going to answer the question, how long do we stay? And we're going to close with that. I would encourage you to stay until you know that you know. So you wake up in the morning with lots of heartache and burden in the midst of COVID-19. True? There's lots of people hurting right now. But in any situation, God can also bring about things that are good. And for me, I'm just telling you, these past four months personally, spiritually, have been some of the best that I've had in a long time. Because I've had time. I've been intentional. And again, it's no credit to me, but God has met me. I've prayed and asked him to revive my own heart and waiting on him. I've just sat and stayed. We're kind of our routine right now. Stephanie asked me this morning, are we getting old? You know, I can only sleep till about 5 o'clock. And then you just lay there. You're like, okay, come on, son. At least wait till the coffee starts brewing. 
get up and you get your cup of coffee and you go sit out on the patio. And, and so right now we're sitting there maybe for a couple hours. We read a little bit and we talk a little bit. We share what's on our heart. You know, it's just, it's, it's rich for us. It's an awesome thing. For that to happen, you know what we've had to do? We've had to stay a little longer. We've had to wait a little longer. How long should you sit while you're reading your Bible and ask the Lord to speak to you? How long should you wait there? You wait until you know that you know that you know. You say, Corey, are you saying you'll write me a note to my employer saying, hey, listen, I can't come in today. I'm waiting on God to speak to me. Pastor said to stay, so I'm staying. I would stay until I absolutely had to leave. And then I'd come back, and if, if I'm still longing, there's not a renewal, then I'd go right back to it and stay. Stay until your heart is ready to burst. Stay until your mind is renewed in awe. Because then, friend, you've got a story to tell. And it's that kind of story that's going to start changing the world one life at a time. Here's what the psalmist said. Stay this long. Stay until you know that you're saved. That's verse 3. Stay until when you walk away, you know, whatever happens to me, I'm good. Not because of me, but because of God. Stay until you can walk away confidently, ready to meet your maker, because he has saved you. Stay until you know that you are covered. Because God is faithful. That's verse 4. Stay until you know that I can walk out and live this day. And regardless what happens, it may be hard, but God goes with me. He's got me covered, and he is faithful. He's never been unfaithful. So stay until you know that you're covered. Stay until you are not afraid of what the day will bring. Sit there until your fear is removed. Pray until your worry is gone. That's verses 5, 6, and 7. Stay until you know that with God, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will rob you. That's verses 10 and 11. Stay until you can say along with this psalmist, the Lord is my refuge. The Lord is my fortress. The Lord is my God. He is the one in whom I trust. Listen, God will be a shelter to whoever that's what it says. Don't take my word for it. Psalm 91, the very first word just hits you right in the mouth. Whoever, whatever you've done, whoever you think you are, however far you think your family member or friend is from God, doesn't matter. Whoever dwells, whoever makes the Lord their dwelling, whoever dwells in his shelter will rest in his shadow. And so I'm just going to ask you as we close here, have you made that choice? Maybe it's time to renew that choice. God, I made that choice a long time ago. I'm just kind of living life, and I don't know what I'm doing, you know? I do want to be satisfied. If you're the one who made me, and you're the one who says that you're going to satisfy me, then I'll do whatever I need to do to get to that point. What do I need to do, God? You need to dwell in my shelter. And his promise is, you will learn to rest in my shelter. Daily reside in God's presence. Wait patiently on the Lord to satisfy you. So I just encourage you today, be willing to wait. 
willing to wait, however long it takes, stay until you know the commandment. Let me pray with you this morning. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to share your word, and I'm thankful again for how it refreshes my own heart. Lord, just the ways that you have brought me to the place where I am, I've got a long way to go, I know that, but I'm not who I once was either, and that's all credit to you, Lord. I can't change my heart or mind. I've tried. I've tried to just be more self-disciplined. I've tried to just kind of manipulate my thinking to see the world a specific way, and I just keep coming back to my roots. And I'm thankful that you are a God who can reach deep down, can change and transform and can draw out of us and put in us and draw out of us things that are representing you correctly. And so I pray for every person in this room that you would help each of us, Lord, to know you better. I pray that you put a hunger in us for you we've never had before. And I pray that you put such a satisfaction in us that when people look at us and they listen to us, they would say, man, that person, they're bursting with joy. Lord, how did they get to burst with joy? And Lord, our response would be, God is teaching us to wait. And so help us, Lord, just to stay. Be patient. Renew in us who you are and who we can be in you. And Lord, lead us to that place of just exuberant, joyful worship, day in and day out. May our life be a witness of the good work that you have in mind for whoever will make you their dwelling place. We thank you today for the power of your word. We thank you for the gift of your son. We thank you for the presence of your spirit. And we ask these things in Jesus' name.